Bhagwan. What's going on, folks? It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent December 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2020. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Top on the morning to you, folks. How the fuck are you doing? This is Charlie Chicken. Charlie Chicken, would you knock it off? Charlie! Sorry, folks. Top of the morning to you, you know. Five o'clock in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. Charlie Chicken here squawking up a fucking blue streak. All right, buddy, that's enough out of you. Off you go. Everybody say bye to Charlie. Bye, Charlie. Charlie Chicken. You know, he was squawking up a blue streak. Sorry about that, folks. Five o'clock in the morning, crack at the cack. Crack at the cat, top of the morning to you, you know, Cracker Jack. <clears throat> if you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. This is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, cabelliake, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. Yes, you know, we're going to share makeup tips, beauty tips, you know. Look at the bags under them eyes, boy. Look at them bags under them eyes, boy. You know, Cracker Jack, cracking out of bed. You know, crack of dawn, top of the morning to you. How the fuck you doing, Cracker Jack? You know, got fucking bags under them eyes, boy. Babbling on a blue streak, got sweat. You know, coming out of every orifice, you know. Pouring out of every orifice, every pore, you know. Sweat. I took a shower, mind you, you know. Freshly bathed, but still, you know, when you're under them lights, boy, gets hot. You know? You know? So, you know, the show, we can share makeup tips, you know? Little beauty secrets, how to, um, you know, keep yourself fetching for the camera, you know? Um, <laughs> shared experiences, kindred souls, you know? Best friends forever. I'm available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And if you're enjoying the show thus far, you know, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles. If you're enjoying the show, folks, please help my black ass out for crying out loud. Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know, it truly is. You know? Quick sip of water. Water break balls. Ah. Yeah. Before I begin, you know, well, I guess I've already begun. Before I begin the begin, <laughs> for any of you musical theater fucking weirdos out there, begin the begin. To begin the begin, I don't even know what the fuck that means, but that was like a popular musical the- musical theater song. I learned about it when I was in musical theater school. I'm going to get to that. Here's one little nugget of information that was just kind of percolating on my um, preset. You know, it was percolating on my preset function of my cranium cavern this uh, morning. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> Cracker Jack. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, you, you, sometimes you just learn things first thing in the morning. You ever notice that? <laughs> you ever learn anything in the morning? I guess that's why they try to get you to go to school in the morning. I'd rather just lay in bed hungover, you know, but like back in the day, you know. <laughs> but I guess that's why kids go to school in the morning. You tend to learn things. So, you know, one thing I learned this morning is I like the word Cracker Jack. <laughs> Top of the morning to you, Cracker Jack. I want to be referred to as Cracker Jack at all times by all people. When you refer to me, motherfucker, it's Cracker Jack. Fuck did you say to me? Fuck you say to me? Cracker Jack, Cracker Jack. I'm sorry, Cracker Jack. Thank you. Or if you do it in like a country twang, like um, I was watching this, uh, I was watching some documentary or something and there was this, you know, Southern, Southern gentleman and they have a very interesting way of talking and, you know, this isn't like some study on dialect, but he had this way of, he was describing this person called killer and he was very servile in his way of discussing or describing this character killer so so i was talking to killer and killer asked me to go over there and you know open up that door because i was the only one who had the spare set of keys so he goes you know jeffrey can you go open that door for me and i said killer i can't do that (laughs) you know like (laughs) it's so servile you know like it's so like tenderly servile you know like to refer to somebody by their pet name in a serious manner. You know, he said, Jeffrey, can you go open that door for me there yonder? I know you got the spare set of keys. And I said, killer, I can't do that. (laughs) He was so innocent. (laughs) Killer, killer, I can't do that. So it's the same thing with Cracker Jack, you know? It's like, you know, Cracker Jack, I can't do that. (laughs) I don't know, man. It's funny to me. You learn things in the morning. I digress. So while you learn things in the morning, I I learned that I like the word Cracker Jack or the nickname Cracker Jack. Something about it. Top of the morning to you, Cracker Jack. (laughs) I think of eating Cracker Jack popcorn, you know, like that caramel, caramel covered popcorn. I just think of that little fucking popsicle stick man. (laughs) That popsicle stick man with the little fucking, the little fucking straw hat. (laughs) Top of the morning to you, Cracker Jack. (laughs) Little fucking weirdo eating fucking caramel popcorn. Little fucking stick man, Cracker Jack. You know what I'm talking about, right? You ever eat Cracker Jack uh, popcorn, the caramel-covered popcorn? Their little uh, logo, their little spokesman, he's like this little stick man. He's got like a striped shirt on, and he's got like one of those straw straw boardwalk hats from like the 1920s. Top of the morning to you, Cracker Jack! (laughs) I'm giggling up a blue streak. I don't know if I'm hungover, high, drunk, or what. You know, I haven't had so much as a sip, uh, a sip, <laughs> you know, fucking sober as a church mouse. 
going on four plus years now, and I'm giggling and tittering and tattling and gaggling this morning. I don't know what the fuck's got into me. But sometimes you learn things in the morning, folks. I like the name Cracker Jack. And I was also thinking, I'm like, you know what? Like, I recently experienced bank fraud. Some low-life scumbag, you know? Some degenerate fuck. I don't know how they did it. Either they peeked over my shoulder when I was buying some fucking groceries. Or, like, they, I don't know, somehow got my information online. But anyways, DoorDash. You know that app? That food app? DoorDash? It's like a delivery service for, like, fast food. I got charged like $132 on a DoorDash delivery. I don't even use the motherfucking thing. You know, I don't even have the app. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the boom clot fuck is this? Yo, rude boy. Yo, Ross Clot. Yeah, I ain't be using no DoorDash, man. So I call my bank up. I'm like, yo, Wagwan, what the, f- the bum clot fuck is this? They're just like, Oh, we're going to investigate. So the the investigation's pending. Hopefully I'll be acquitted of the DoorDash delivery fraud of 2020, you know. Some fucking lowlife ordered a banquet and charged it to my fucking bank account. You know? How do you like that? You know? So anyway... What I learned about that is relatable to my computer. Now follow me on this, folks. I know I'm really going out on a limb here, you know. But my computer, my laptop, it's an HP laptop, PC. It runs on like Microsoft software. HP computers. My HP laptop... I bought it branch bank and new three years ago in 2017, summer of 2017. It was branch bank and new mid-range laptop. It was around $600 and, uh, you know, brand new. And, you know, I don't look at pornography, so there's no viruses, you know, there's no, that's just my little passive-aggressive way of saying that I'm better than you, you know? I don't look at pornography. I'm better than you. And um, I don't go on any strange websites. It's it's just strictly business. Gmail, you know, YouTube, JR the P, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. I don't... It's like a work laptop. I don't do anything on it, right? So it's like no viruses. But they were bombarding me countlessly, endlessly, ceaselessly, you know, doggedly, ferociously. They were fucking harassing me. Do you want to update your computer? You want to update, 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 plug in, update, update, update. Why don't you fucking update this, buddy? Update that right up your fucking bunghole, buddy. You know, fuck up off me with these updates. Can I just use the product that I purchased? Like, think about how insidious that is. Imagine if you bought a car and every time you turned around, somebody was tapping on your shoulder. You want to buy new tires? Want to buy a new steering wheel? Want to buy a new windshield? You want to buy something new? New air freshener? Huh? New windshield wipers? Would you fuck the fuck up? Fuck off! 
fuck up off me. Can I just drive the vehicle? Isn't it enough that I purchased it? Can't I just enjoy it in peace? Like, I'm fairly good with technology. I can understand it if I need to. It's not that, oh, the technology is too much for me to handle. It's like, I don't need a fucking update. All this blah, 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 all this double talk, it serves you, Microsoft. It serves you, Bill Gates. It serves you, HP Hewlett Packard. It serves you. It doesn't serve me. I don't need the update. What fucking update? Update that up your fucking bunghole, buddy. You know? Fucking wog. What the boomba clot fuck? Rog ros clot? I don't. What the fucking ros clot fuck with the updates? Can I not just use the product that I purchased? I'm getting like. I'm getting hell to the flames of hell. For purchasing a product. They're trying to upsell me, upgrade me, get into my life. It was a misery the last three years with this computer. Every time I turn around, update, update, update. Now all of a sudden, no updates. Very curious. Once the updates stop, the computer stops. Now this fucking computer, it's only like th three years old. It's only used for like YouTube streaming and email. All of a sudden it's acting like the fucking... Like the fucking, I don't know, whatever you used. What are those, those, those Apple Ones or those Mac Ones or whatever, like Math Munchers and Oregon Trail, you know? It's acting like a fucking Atari. You know, the damn thing won't even boot up. It's like a fucking Nintendo, you know, Nintendo One or whatever you call it. When you're going to blow on the cartridge. <sighs> this fucking thing work? <sighs> you know, I'm blowing on it. I'm fucking banging on it. It's like, it's it's moving like molasses. You know, it's 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 moving like molasses, this fucking laptop of mine, out to lunch. Once the updates stop. And where that ties in with my bank fraud account, like, you know, hey, you save up a humble amount of money, the bank starts looking at you differently. This isn't, you know, I'm not by any means a wealthy man, not even close. But, you know, if you, if you save your money, it eventually adds up. And... Not to any grandiose amount in my case, but a substantial amount where it's, I guess, maybe it's a little bit out of the norm for a person to have humble savings and debt-free. You know, like the world looks at you different if you have a couple grand in your bank account and you're debt-free. Oh my God, who is this person? They like revere me at the bank. So every time I'm doing banking or my online banking, they're always asking me, you know, you want to make an investment? You want to open up a fucking credit line? You want to do this? Would you, would you fuck off? These people wanted nothing to do with me when I was out in my slumming days, getting drunk every fucking day, trying to cash bad checks, you know, going into the bank to take out, you know, $3 so I can go buy a can of beer, tall boy, you know, <laughs> you know? 
They treated me like a dog's breakfast when, you know, when I was down and out. Now that I put a couple shekels together, you know, they want to fucking go in Dutch with me, you know. They want to fucking get my investment and this, that, and the other. I kept rejecting them. Then, after they've exhausted all their inquiries into my finance, all their inquiries into my financial life and what I want to do with my income, this, that, blah, 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 all of a sudden, oh, after decades of using online banking, after decades of having a bank account, all of a sudden, bank fraud. This DoorDash app that I talked about to bring it back. It's funny because they were really on me to invest in this and invest in that and up my security profile. I just kept on saying, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Then all of a sudden, bank fraud. My laptop. Update, update, update. No, thank you. Update, update. No, thank you. All of a sudden, incompatible. CPUs at 100%. Slow functioning. Low functioning. It's a grift. Hey. There's something awfully squooey going on around here. Uh... You know, it's like, I think when you got the powers that be, they they try to dictate the narrative. I'm not going to put it past a bank to manufacture fraud. Or to manufacture problems on a banking account to steer their clients into their um, agenda. Every time with TD, my bank, TD Canada Trust, they just badger and badger you about shit and talk to you as if they know you, wish you a happy birthday. You know, they you get wished a happy. You ever get wished happy birthday from your bank account? It's like not one motherfucker on earth cares about me. Then you go to take out a twenty just to wallow in your sorrow on your birthday. You know, go buy a I don't know, go buy a birthday cake to eat by yourself in the dark. You know, never mind the fucking candles. You go buy a fucking you know. You go take out a twenty from an ATM on your lousy birthday. There it is. Happy birthday, Jonathan. J O N. A-T-H-A-N. It's J-O-H-N, A-T-H-A-N, you fucking dummy. Jonathan Ramsey on the podcast. Haven't you heard? Ain't you heard? You heard? Spell my fucking name wrong. Wish me happy birthday. They're playing games. <laughs> and that is what is known as a stream of consciousness, folks. When you just rattle off shit off the top of your head, half awake, sleeping, dreaming, oh hell, I don't know. And, uh, you know, I think there were some interesting things in there. <laughs> we learned that you learn things in the morning. I like being called Cracker Jack. 
my computer and my bank account are watching me and they're playing a grifter's game, a little bit of a shell con game. And um, I don't trust anybody. Hey, hey, fuck you, man. Who put this thing together? Me. Who do I trust? Me. That's who. Fly Pelican. Why always got to talk to me like I got to know something? Why always got to talk to me like I got to know something? Like I got to fucking know something? You know what your problem is, pussycat? You don't have enough fun in your life. Why don't you become a nurse? Work with blind kids. Anything beats waiting wait all day for me to come and fuck you, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I don't trust anybody. Anyways, folks. <coughs> Stream of consciousness. Um, where do I go from here? Now do I, now do I come back to reality? Okay. Here's some reality. If you're new to the show, I am an actor extraordinaire. <laughs> reality. Um, diploma in theater arts. That's been to the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Kind of like this whole um, thing I was squawking about on the stream of consciousness. You know. I'm very grateful for um, all the views, all the subscribers, and uh, I humbly await the uh, the evolution here at JR the P, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. This is a great platform for me to, you know, plug my acting, my theatrical endeavors. Yeah, it's important to me. And, um, you know... It's great, and I, I, um, I have no feeling about it. It's just like an open frontier. It's a, you know, it's a vehicle. It's a platform, and I'm very happy to have it. And um, recently, not even so recently, almost from the jump, but recently as well, you know, it's been kind of an ongoing thing. You get solicited when you have a podcast from time to time. Now it's probably just online trolls, online scammers, online blah, blah, blah. I got an email, some very staunch, stoic, formulaic, just real lousy, slopped together fucking... It was like a pitch. Some fucking weirdo person sends me this hello mr jonathan ramtran the podcast i am so and so and i have a client that i represent that i think would be a magnificent guest for the show she is a blah 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 dee dee da actress who has gone viral and dee dee da be, be, de, 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 de. i don't know but it was like a cold pitch for a guest on, to be a guest on Jonathan Ramtran the podcast. Well, number one, it's like, hey, I, I ain't knocking ambition. You know, you got to ask to receive, right? You got to ask for what you want in this world. But it's like, the email don't even make any sense. It's like, 
they're pitching me a guest for my show. Her credit is that she is a viral actress who makes viral videos. My top video has like 433 views. <laughs> I'm not a viral podcast. I'm a growing podcast. I'm a fun, energetic, ambitious, um, multi Like, I got fucking gas in the tank, baby. Like, JR the P ain't going nowhere, son. It's been fucking three plus years so far. You know, I'm just off of... Uh, my three-year anniversary video. Um, I got gas in the tank. I got ants in my pants and I need to dance. Mm, mm, mm. So come find mama, come give me a chance. I got ants in my pants and I need to dance. Hit me. Everybody over there. Get on up. Everybody over here. Get on up. Yeah. Got gas in the tank, baby. I got a ticket to ride. So it's like, I'm just digging the fucking, I'm just digging the vibe. I'm just doing my ting, you know? All sorts of, you know, like just ain't no rhyme or reason for nothing sometimes, you know what I mean? Sometimes the show's very formulaic, you know? Um, let's say I read a book and I want to give a review on it and I break it down by chapter and I give my insights and there's a structure Sometimes, like today, let's say I just do a fucking stream of consciousness, just ramble some shit off off the top of my head. You know, I just go where the breeze takes me sometimes, all within the vein of performance and current events. You know, it's a very interesting podcast and it's growing, mind you, you know. So that's why it was so confusing. It's like you got this viral actress, apparently, from this email who wants to be a guest on the show. But it's not a viral podcast. So it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's a numbers game. And why it doesn't make number why it doesn't make sense is number two to that. Not only is this podcast humble and growing, but number two, they obviously don't listen to the podcast. I don't have any guests. It's called Jonathan Ramtran the Podcast. It's not called Jonathan Ramtran the Podcast featuring random people who will talk to me. <laughs> In the future, yeah. I would like to have guests, but I mean, come on. This is like a cold solicitation. They obviously don't know the structure of the show. They're unaware that it's a humble show and growing, so... Their point of view on the matter don't make any sense. It's like you have a viral guest who wants to go on to a non-viral podcast. Oh, hell, like if it, I mean, and who knows, maybe it means nothing to her, the potential guest. It don't mean anything to me either. I mean, you just do what you do and hope for the best, right? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they truly saw something in my show and she wanted to be a guest, but it all just read very phony and drummed up and weird and you get these from time to time you get these weird little it's strange it's it's really ever it's really nothing to think about but it's something to think about 
if you can relate with your career. You know, I'm sure there's times in your career where, you know, some sort of industry person, let's say you're a chef, and I don't know, maybe some sort of, um, you know, you're a chef, you work for a large restaurant, and then one day, some um, promoter, some, let's say a new product, you know, oh, hi, we're um, Tupperware, 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 the new Tupperware company. What are you guys called? Tupperware, Tupperware, Tupperware. I think I stole that from, uh, what was that? Modern Family? Closets, Closets, Closets? <laughs> Is that what their company's called? Closets, Closets, Closets? Yeah, well, we're, we're Tupperware, Tupperware, Tupperware. And we sell Tupperware. Could your, can your restaurant use some new Tupperware? It's like, well, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, I don't... Uh, Thank you for the interest, but I don't know. This is just kind of weird. You know, you're just coming out of the woodwork. You don't really know anything about our restaurant. You're pitching me your product. I'm sure it's fine. This isn't, I'm sure it's a good product, but I mean, this is all just a little weird. Uh, no, thank you. So that's kind of like the position I'm in where it's like, it's really no big deal and it's out of the blue and it's, I mean, I guess thank you for the interest if it's genuine interest. It doesn't seem in that way. It seems just kind of random and potentially a scam. Like, you know how sometimes if you get an email, if you click on it, it might link you to um, some nefarious site where they steal your information or whatever. It's a real strange sort of email and, you know, like some random person who is a viral actress, who has viral videos online, who wants to speak about the interesting factors of being a viral video star. That's what, that's what it said in the, in the email. It's like, one of the points of conversation can be questions regarding what is it like to be a viral uh, video star? <laughs> And I'm just like, it's so funny. It's like, okay, so let me get this straight. You want to come on my show and have me just like dress you up as a queen or a king? Like how pompous and showbiz is that? How showbiz? It's just stupid. And it's also like, I get it because like back in the day as an actor myself, there were times when I was very arrogant and obnoxious and I thought people would really eat it up. You know, like what a great opportunity. Jonathan Bramcharan. What if I just send uh, some, I don't know, production company or a theater company or a film company. What if I just send them an offer to have me, Jonathan Bramcharan, come do something for them? Like, Oh boy, they're going to chomp at the bit. You know, it's like, it just read very clumsy and phony and just like oblivious. It's like, yo, like, you're in show business, aren't you? Okay, rule number one, nobody cares about you. AKA, don't call us, we'll call you. 
And if this person was truly a viral star, why would not just parlay the viral power of her videos into more online content on her own channel? Why are you like going around trying to get on other people's podcasts? Well, that that's kind of no. The, I mean, that's the way the game's played. You 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 try to get more of a showcase for yourself. But it just it just I don't know. It just kind of rag clumsy to me, and it kind of bothered me at. You know, it's like even when they want to be on your show, they don't even believe in your show. Like they, they obviously don't know anything about my show, yet they want to be on my show. They don't care. It's so funny how people are, or just in general. It's like, how is that good for me to have? Like, I don't understand how that's good for me. Not that it has to be good for me, but it's like, it's just so strange how, yeah, I guess that's what it is. In this business, it's strange how even when you have nothing, even when your means and modes of operation are modest, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, humble little podcast, doing my thing, growing, growing, growing. Ain't nobody sticking a hand out to help. Aside from y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer, thank you very much. That's why I do it, you know. Um, I look at the audience as my, as, my, uh, as my boss. I look at my audience as the most important relationship I need to cultivate, you know. That's how I look at my audience, you know. So it's like that's the value to me is reaching my audience, and my audience is whoever will have me. <laughs> whoever will adopt me can be my audience. And um, that's my value. That's where I see value. But it's funny how even when you have modest means in this industry, show business, as an actor, performer, even when you have a humble little show, People are out to take. But I don't remember the last time anybody, you know, like the last person, I don't want to sit here and name names, but there was a dear friend of mine in, um, and the only reason why I don't want to name names is I don't, you never know how people want their business shown, right? So this is a friend of mine from uh, theater school. There was a friend of mine from theater school you know, he was a great ahead of me. He was always very kind to me. And to be honest, I never took it for granted, but I also never appreciated it. You know, I, I, I always noticed like, wow, what a nice person. But I never really appreciated it. But throughout the time of knowing him, he had always been very kind to me, offering me parts in every little thing he, everything he produced. Whenever he was doing shows, he was always very open-handed with what he had. Like, hey, Jonathan, come be a part of. And I hope one day as an actor, as a writer, as a performer, as a person who produces content, 
I hope one day I'll be able to hire him and give back to him, you know, and it'd be great to have a paycheck too. Like here's a fat paycheck to put in your back pocket, buddy. Thanks for being a fucking solid person, you know? And that was like a while ago, you know, that was like, you know, a few years back. That was like the last person that was ever kind to me in show business. <laughs> I don't, people suck in show business. And in business in general, I'm sure it's a fucking toothache. You know what I mean? Just trying to get some fucking civility and decency out of a person. Surrounding money is, you know, it's like pulling teeth. I can think of like one person who was like decent to me <laughs> in show business. Everybody else was a vulture or just, you know, run of the road, self-absorbed. Which, to be non-hypocritical, I was at times as well. Very self-absorbed and, you know. So I guess that's the point of what I'm saying with this email. is just how, how it baffles me how... Even when you got whatever little humble thing you have, there's always somebody out to try to take it, but never to, you know, give. And to be non-hypocritical, I mean, I have in my performing life cultivated opportunities that I felt like I was just given to people. Small little opportunities that where there was nothing, I created an opportunity. Now, 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 the opportunities I'm talking about are like independent shows, independent little things. It wasn't going to make or break anybody's career, but it was an opportunity where before there was nothing, right? So you create these little opportunities and you hand them to people, and the majority of people are resentful. They resent that it's not a bigger opportunity. And they think that they deserve more. And, you know, they're really just kind of angry with themselves. Like, here I am doing these low, these low rent type of gigs and da da It's like, who the fuck are you? You're just some dummy internet performer who, you know ain't very talented at what you do and you're going around scrimping and begging for whatever you can get then when somebody gives it to you you complain about it <laughs> yeah so yeah that that's my uh main point i want to make on that today you know it really got in my mind, this email, this person approaching J.R. the P, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, to have a viral video content actress appear as a guest. The email was very flat, formulaic. It read very oblivious to Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, like what the show even is. It was very informal yet overly formal it was like a fucking robot wrote it they obviously had no awareness of the show 
and it ran counter to the product they were trying to push. Why would you take a viral actress, put them on a growing podcast? It doesn't really make much sense. If you're a viral actress with viral credits, why not reach out to a viral podcast? Read a little bit like a scam. And it also made me a little disheartened to think that even with a humble show like mine, there's always some random weirdo trying to reach out and take something versus just a fair deal. You know, I get emails all the time, like not all the time, but every couple months, every couple weeks or whatever, an email. Hi, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. I am so-and-so. I am an audio engineer, and I couldn't help but notice the video sound quality of your show could use a little tweaking. So for just $999 a month, you know, trying to like run me with like fear, sell me a product via fear, you know? <clears throat> or like, Yeah. Whereas instead, why not just... I don't know. Why not just do your own thing and then when you want to network with people, do it sincerely. There's a vast difference between... Hello, Jonathan Rantran, the podcast. I'm random person who has viral videos. I want to be a guest on your show. When can I be a guest on your show? There's a difference between that and... Hi, Jared the P. Jonathan Ramsey on the podcast. Uh, Hey, I've been keeping an eye on your show and I'm interested in it. Little bit of a listener, little bit of a follower, fan, whatever. I have no friends... I have no following. I got nothing. I got dick. But I do enjoy your show and I'd be open to being a guest if you'd have me. What do you think? Oh, some fucking weirdo loser with no fans, no friends, no nothing, no followers. Right up my alley. (laughs) You know? But like, you know what I mean? But like, I don't know. You know, hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. What do you think? And is that relatable to you and what you do? Because it's like, we get so swept up in business sometimes that we don't see the forest for the trees. We don't see people as human beings. And, you know, I hope I'm not coming across as egotistical or close-fisted, you know, like somebody reached out to the show. Like, number one, the the format of my show for the moment, I don't have guests. So the answer is no, only because I don't have guests. I mean, that's just what the de facto default would have to be. No, like I don't have guests. In the future, I would like to expand and have guests. And if I had guests in the future... I would definitely consider anybody who wanted to be on the show, you know, as long as it was in a proper sort of presentation. Yeah. 
And actually, you know, to be honest with you, that's not even true because I've, I've, I've hosted independent gigs and put on independent productions before. And when you take any old swinging dick off the street, you're opening your fucking world up to headaches and toothaches and earaches. You know what I mean? Nose aches, the whole kit and caboodle. When all these weirdos come streaming in from God knows where, you know, so you can't just let anybody into your world. But I don't know. I guess it's just food for thought. And if that's relatable to y'all, like um, whatever you do, like as I mentioned that example, like let's say you're a chef and you have some, you know, promoter, some product promoter, you know, sucking around your business, you know, oh, can I sell you some pots and pans? What are you doing, buddy? How you doing? Uh, Or let's say you're like a car salesman and you own a dealership or you work at a dealership and you got some fucking, you know, grave robber trying to sell you fucking spare tires, you know, out of the back of his stolen car, (laughs) stolen trunk of his car. It's always some fucking low life scrounging around trying to take something from people yeah because the email it read like a scam too that's like i didn't click on the link they, they like linked this viral video of this alleged actress who i don't know she creates some sort of content or whatever and apparently apparently she has viral videos and da 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 like i didn't click on the link because obviously it seemed like some sort of It was so, let's put it this way, if they were honest and true in their pitch, like it was somebody who was just genuinely inquiring if they could be on the show, if that was truly the case, well, they did it in a very effed up manner because it did not read authentic. It read suspicious and inauthentic so it's like either way whether it's genuine or a scam you you got to come correct it just it was weird and i've been in that position before i've been that person before self-absorbed socially unaware careless with my approach to things so it's like i ain't judging but i'm also not that interested (laughs) so uh, weird you know this is a very kind of drawl kind of kind of different type of episode i'm gonna call this one the stream of consciousness i've been having a couple weird days lately you know sleeping kind of odd you know tangled up with work i'm gonna get to that on a different episode the plan was to talk about this little part-time job i've been hustling you know due to covid19 warning warning so you know i've been a little out of it lately because i've been doing this little part-time gig i'll talk on that on a different episode you know i've been really 
shaking the trees on this one, you know, really, you know, really killing some time. So I don't know. I'll have to save that for a different episode, I guess. But, um, you know, there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. Yes. And I am also a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yes. And um, I guess it's a bit of a stream of consciousness career episode, I guess. I don't know. My vibe is to just be kind of loosey-goosey on this one. I just I don't really feel like I'm on the clock right now. Usually I feel like I'm on the clock to, you know, say a bit, say a joke, do a humorous thing, whatever. Get your point across. Get the subject across. Get to the next point. Get to the next point. I'm like floating out in fucking space today. I don't know. Just taking my time, you know? And, you know, as a stand-up comedian in the time of COVID-19, coronavirus, pandemic 2020, pardon me, folks, for one moment, quick sip of water, water break balls. Yeah, as a, um, as a fucking stand-up comedian during the plague of 2020, um... Much like what I spoke on in regards to being an actor and I guess part of what I spoke on there was like boundaries, you know, like um, when you approach things or you are approached, right? Like there's a correct way to approach things, right? Whenever you approach things... You should do it with a sense of, you know, number one, with a sense of fearlessness. Number one, be fearless. You know, ask and you shall receive. So if you got to approach something, my suggestion, don't be in your head, you know. Like, for example, I'm a stand-up comedian. And if this is relatable, relatable to anybody. Last year, 2019, I was really hungry for more stage time. I just wasn't getting the stage time that I wanted, you know? And, you know, it's tough because it's competitive. It's a competitive market. I mean, it's competitive just to get onto, um, I shouldn't even say just because, hey, you know, like, People put the time and effort in to produce shows. They don't just want any person on their show, right? So to get on to like an independent show in Toronto, Canada, at least, it's actually quite difficult, you know? I don't know what it is people want, you know? Just approaching people saying, Hey, I'm a stand-up comedian. I'd like to be on your show. A lot of times isn't enough. They want... It's strange because it's like they want... I don't know what they want. They basically just want to... I guess they really want like fucking Kevin Hart or like... Like that's how delusional some people are. They really want some big name to just fall out of the sky and... Hi, it's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Hart. 
I like you. You know, I'm going to be on your show. You know, they want Kevin. They think Kevin Hart's going to stroll through the fucking door and, oh, we'll book you, Kevin. <laughs> they're like delusional people. It's like they pl- <laughs> they got like a bar gig in fucking, you know, East Toronto somewhere, some shithole that nobody fucking, you know, nothing but a bunch of fucking peasants and fucking alcoholics ruminate this fucking piss hole dingy fucking dirty dive bar you know they think kevin hart's gonna stroll through the door and headline or something it's like they make you jump through all these fucking hoops just to do their lousy rotten crummy fucking god-awful dog dick god-awful fucking open mic you know i gotta jump through a fucking battery of fucking tests a battery of hoops you gotta jump through once you get through that they might give you five minutes and no minute more. Not a second more. No, I won't squawk about that. Ain't nothing more annoying when comic runs the light. It's like, would you fucking wrap it up? But, you know, they, they're they like fucking dictators over there. Lousy, rotten, shiftless, crummy, good for nothing. Ain't worth two red cent. Two left foot. Dr. Seuss, Mother Goose, Cat in the Hat, fake-ass fucking dummy dilettante, dipshit fucking poor excuse for a fucking entertainment trap. You don't want me there? Good. I don't need you. I'll make it on my own anyway. Not that I'm bitter about this. But, like, it's not exactly easy getting on shows in Toronto. And it's like, I don't even know what these people want. Because it's obvious that... Everybody's so self-absorbed and disconnected that they really don't know each other. Like, if you watch some of these comedians and you watch the conversation, it's obvious that they don't know each other. Like, the way they're talking, it's like, they don't know each other. It's like, they, they, you know, it's like, oh, I didn't know you had a brother. Or, oh, I didn't know. Like, it's like basic information like that. When you, when you hear two people talking and it's like, they, they're obviously new to each other. Things like that. Or you watch how the show gets booked. There ain't no rhyme or reason for it. People just asked. And some get accepted and some don't. And what do they want? You know what I mean? It's like there ain't nothing worse than when, in my outlook, it's like if you're doing a comedy night, look, either book the comic or don't book the comic. But don't expect... Well, you got to show up and hang out. What the fuck does that mean? If I want to get onto your show, I got to show up and hang out? What the fuck does that mean? Well, you want me to show up and hang out by the side of the fucking stage and... Watch your set and fake laugh for you? <laughs> Ain't that a fucking knee slapper? Are you, are you out of your fucking cotton picking mind? Your boomba clot, your Ross clot. You know, they, I don't know what that means. Like, some comics, to get onto their show or to get onto a show, it's um, suggested that you hang out. The last thing I want in my audience is a bunch of dejected comedians hanging out 
in hopes of getting a future gig. Not even the gig of the night. And these gigs are fucking shitty bar gigs. Now granted, they're the meat and potatoes. They're the lifeblood of comedy. That's how you cut your teeth. That's how you learn to turn a lousy joke. You know, that's how you learn how to get that fucking moron paying attention. Get that stupid bitch to calm down. Get that fucking drunk to leave. You know, get that fucking moron interested. Like that's how you, you know, that's how you learn to spin them fucking plates. Boy or girl or transgendered boy girl. That's how you learn to spin spin them plates. So, you know, it's it is the meat and potatoes of the damn thing, right? That's how you cut your teeth and learn and the only reason why I'm above or I will no longer go to open mics, impromptu gigs, shitty gigs, unwelcomed gigs. The only reason why I'm no longer doing like the drop-in approach, like where you just show up or you put your name on a list or you try this. The only reason why I'm not doing that anymore with comedy, number one, I did it to dog dick death. All right. I've been schlepping it out, banging it out for fucking 12 years as I as a semi-pro, semi-washed up, semi-hack fucking stand-up com- com- comic. I've been doing shit fucking bar gigs till the cows come home. I've done them all. I know how it goes, Buster. I know exactly what the formula is. And, you know, I'm at a point right now where it's like, yo, I can make them laugh. So I don't want to beg to make them laugh. Look, if you want me on your lousy, crummy show. (laughs) Not to be arrogant. But if you want me on your lousy, crummy show, I don't know. Just let me know. I am accepting requests. (laughs) You know, if you have no self-respect and you're willing to beg a fucking hack, who's probably less of a hack than you are, but a hack nonetheless, to be on your show, I mean, shoot me an email, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. But I'm pretty much no longer doing that. I don't want to perform for people that don't want me to perform for them. And that's unfortunately what I think we've relegated comedy too. There is such a desperation for it. You know what I mean? The intrigue of becoming a stand-up comedian is the power and the simplicity in it. It's a very powerful art form and it's very simplistic in its delivery. Yo, all I need is a stage and a mic. Not even. You can holler at the top of your lungs, you know? If you got like that, if you got a good diaphragm on you, got a good set of pipes on you and a good diaphragm, you don't even need a microphone, you know? Just stand on the stage, you know, squawk, you know, tell your little fucking jokes or whatever, you know? And <clears throat> so it's like, I don't want to perform for people that don't want me to perform for them anymore. You know, that's what it is with these bar gigs. Like, number one, the audience doesn't even know they're an audience. Some drunk stumbles into the bar to watch the hockey game. All of a sudden, guess what we got for you? A little treat. Stand-up comedy. What the fuck? I remember one time I did stand-up comedy at a fucking strip club. 
and the DJ gets onto the fucking mic. All right, folks, we're going to take a break from titties and ass right now for some comedy. Boo! Welcome to the stage, Jonathan Ramcharan. I went on stage and I was like, hey, guys, sorry to break up the pussy riot that was going on on stage there. But uh, hey, they were disinterested, disheartened, dist hard on, you know, they were fucking turned off. And I'm sick of performing for people that don't give a bumbleclot fuck that I'm even there. You know, you got to scrimp and scrounge and beg just to get onto these lousy, rotten fucking shows. Then the audience doesn't even want to see you half the time. If there's even an audience. So, not to be so negative, like I said, that's how you cut your teeth. And there is a way of learning and there is salvation. You can potentially manipulate the thing in your favor. Come out the victor. Turn a negative into a positive, you know. Turn a negative into a positive. And like, uh, or I guess that would be like that. But like, it's, you know, if you've done it, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. It's just been done to dog dick death in my life. And moving into this post-pandemic world, it's like, I don't want to perform for people that don't want me to perform for them, who are fucking touchy and whiny, and they're not there to appreciate comedy. I don't need your attention. You know? If you will give me, not even if you will give me, like, through the podcast, through my own endeavors, I am. And also, I have produced shows in the past myself, stand-up comedy shows. So through my own endeavors, I am trying to gain my audience, trying to come up with a production, trying to give value, trying to give something to the people that they would enjoy, right? And hopefully that will, um, what's the word? Hopefully that will accumulate to, you know, a night of entertaining, well-performed, thoughtful comedy, right? That's the goal of this podcast. That's the goal of my story, my genesis here. But um, in terms of just like, you know, performing for any old swing and dick, any old shit bar, I've done them all, buddy. Not all of them, obviously, but I've done a lot. And it's just like, the thrill is gone. The thrill is gone. The thrill is gone. So it's like, I don't need an exercise in performing in front of a bunch of strangers that don't want to hear me. This is what's going to happen. There's, here's like, there's many ways things can go when you're on stage in front of a random audience. But it's like, okay, well, number one, you can hit it off. They're either going to love you and embrace you. That's always cool. But number two, they could be unruly and disinterested, right? Okay, well, in that case, you got to win them back. Well, how do you win them back? Nine times out of ten, it's by going into what they want, you know? Hi there, miss. Couldn't help but notice that, you know, you got that dress on. What's the story there? What the fuck? Is that a Moliere painting or something? Look at that fucking thing. It's gorgeous. 
Oh, well, yes, it's my, I'm a fashion designer and I go to a fashion school. Oh, yeah, but, you know, you got to kiss their ass, wipe their ass, baby them, pander to them, combat them. Sometimes they just want to see if you can take their shit. You know what I mean? Like trading blows back and forth. You know, who's the last man standing? So it's like when you do win them over, a lot of times it's never by your own material. You know, I'm not a fucking jukebox, buddy. All right? Like, you put the time in to create an act. Not that I really have. (laughs) But let's say hypothetically I had an act and I put some time into developing it. Like, I'm not performing it. I'm performing it to perform the act. You know, I'm I'm not there to just, oh, well... I'm a jukebox, whatever the fuck you want. How can I tap dance for you today? You know what I mean? It's like, what about the artistry of it? It's like, I took the time to create this material. I want it to be heard. Now, if you don't appreciate it, I get that. I'm not going to force you to laugh at my shit, but at least let me get it out for crying out loud. It'd be as if I was a chef and you're like, your food sucks. What, would you fucking take a bite first? Would it kill you to take a sip? A nibble? Something? Take the leftovers for lunch tomorrow. You know what I mean? You can always watch one of these vodcasts another time. You don't have to watch the whole thing at once. Have some leftovers. There's plenty of JR the P for breakfast and lunch and dinner tomorrow. You don't have to gorge on it all at once, you know? Choke on it. So, moving forward into um, the the frontier of uh, post-pandemic kind of done trying to like perform for people that don't want me to perform for them and sadly sadly the desperation of stand-up comedy and also the like for example you're not going to really get an impromptu rock concert you know who's gonna haul a bunch of musical equipment amps guitars basses drums mic stands you know, drunken fucking, you know, uh, what do you call them? Roadies, or what do you call those fucking things? I wouldn't know. What do you call them? Fans? I really wouldn't know. What do you call them? Groupies, you know? You gotta take all this time to haul your drunken groupies, microphones, basses, amps, drums. You take all this time to haul this shit to a club you're not going to have an impromptu fucking rock concert plus you got to get together five people willing to perform together rehearse together and be a solid unit you know that's a part of the complexity of music you know there's usually a group with several members that have to come together and rehearse and be on point and operate as one. Whereas with stand-up comedy, what do you need? You need a mic stand, one dumbass with no self-respect, and some victims, you know, the audience. So, like, you're not going to usually see an impromptu music show, generally speaking, unless the clown wants to get out the old banjololi and strum a couple chords on the street corner. But like, 
you know, the accessibility and the alleged simplicity of stand-up, if you don't really know the mechanics of writing a joke, crafting a joke, crafting a bit, getting your stage legs, having a point of view, having a voice, shit takes years, you know, I'm still struggling to find mine, 12 years deep in this motherfucker, still growing and learning, right, I ain't God's gift to the damn thing, but I'm better than the next man, that's for damn sure, you know, it's not often my feathers get ruffled, you know, it's like, am I the best, no, am I competitive, you're fucking damn right, So, like, moving forward in the post-pandemic world, it's like, I am not going to be begging through the whimpering, wilting masks of a terrified audience. <sighs> what are we even doing here? <sighs> I'm not going to be begging for people to pay attention to me, give me breaks, give me this, give me... Look, I'm going to handle my business, do my own thing create my own opportunities, work with others, and hey, I'm not going to force a hand that isn't for me to play. And that's what a lot of open mics are. We're at the we're at the mercy of an unaware public. We're at the mercy of the public. And the last thing anybody wants to do is give you something when they know you're expecting. My dreams are all wrapped up in this. If only I can get some audience members into my open mic. And you're on the you're on the corner and you're like, I've done this. You're on the corner and you're you're um what do you call it? Barking. You're on the corner and you're barking and you're begging and you're scrimping and you're scrounging. Come to my show, come to my show. And you're trying to get the people. People just revel in that. I have the power. I have the power to um, give this person their dream or not. And a less combative, paranoid outlook on that matter is people are in their own world. They're doing their own thing. I mean, what do you expect from people? You know, somebody's walking down the street. You interrupt them. Excuse me, sir. I know you were having a brilliant day until my fucking lousy, rotten mug came and fucking crept up on you. But... Are you interested in a stand-up comedy show with a bunch of fucking whack-ass fucking internet weirdos? And they're just like, uh, maybe some other time. <laughs> so suffice to say, I'm just happy for my experience moving forward. I'm, uh, I'm going to let that experience speak for itself. Hey, if you want to give me a... Well, you're not going to give me nothing, first of all. But um, if you'd like to take interest in what I do and, you know, allow me to present myself as a stand-up comedian who values what he does, then I will be grateful for that opportunity. But I ain't going to be scripping and scrounging and scramping and 
begging for stage time for a bunch of people that don't even want to see stand-up comedy. Victims. <laughs> Victims of the bar industry, you know? You went to the bar to, you know, maybe get some pussy, you know, have a couple sips, <laughs> you know, watch the game. Next thing you know, so... I come from a large family, right? Any of y'all come from a large family? So, you know, white people. (laughs) Dave Chappelle in uh, The Nutty Professor. Women be shopping, baby. Women be shopping. You can't stop a woman from shopping, baby. Women be shopping, baby. (laughs) What's the deal with airline peanuts? You know, you... You got some fucking bozo in your fucking ear. You're just there trying to watch the curling game. Like, I'm sick of terrifying people like that. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Thank you very much for listening. I just kind of went with the flow on this one. I was like half awake up at the crack of dawn. I'm just babbling on a blue streak. I don't know if I'm going to chop this one up, edit this one up. It was fun. It was just fun, and it didn't really have much of a formula to this one. It was just fun, and thank you very much for being on this episode, indulging me, and um, happy Christmas, Merry Christmas. We're in the season, the final hours, the final days before Christmas, and uh, I'm just feeling happy and grateful. And um, as always, more to come here at JR the P. Thank you for watching. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtram, reporting live for duty on this magnificent November, whoops, December 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2020. Bit of a rambler, this one, you know, stream of consciousness, you know. Not exactly easy, you know, if you found any entertainment in this. You know, when was the last time you talked for longer than two minutes before somebody just told you to shut up? <clears throat> you know, you got any questions, queries, or qualms, hit me up. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com, you know, questions, queries, or qualms. I'm available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, if you're enjoying the show, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. A height. Peace.